just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show Bro, I am your host, as I am every single time, Marcus himself. And as always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime, my number two, the guardian, uh, the actual guardian. Um, he is uh, the Sean Kemp to my Wesley Pearson. Ryan, Ryan, buddy, how's it going? Good. I like that late 90s Cavs uh, shout out. Let's, there we let's are. get it. Not only that, the, I've I've dubbed you the Guardian, so I love it. I don't even care about the actual Guardians that are up as oh. like the statues. You are the Cleveland Guardian from here on out. So I mean, take that for what you will. Um, hey. Doing some midday coffee, uh, you know, talking sports. You know how it goes. Of course, nothing better. Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. So, um. Ryan, the first thing that I kind of wanted to get into here today is talking Stanley Cup. I think it's the biggest thing right now in as far as sports goes. Yeah, Yeah, now the the NBA Finals are over. We kind of – and you know what? And The NHL, I was listening to Paul Bissonnette, who is um, part of the TNT uh, stuff. He's a part of Spit and Chicklets with Barstool. Um, He played uh, for the Penguins, I believe, for a little bit of time. he talked about how the NHL purposefully planned to have the finals after the NBA finals, the Stanley cup finals after the NBA finals. And they're having it on ABC. It's the first time that every single Stanley cup game will be on like a, a network television show and not like a cable or like, you know, some kind of other streaming service. Mm -hmm. So the, I mean, the NHL has, has done a brilliant job of, we're going to try to market this to get it to the most amount of people possible. I haven't seen the numbers on it, but I have to believe with it now being after the NBA is over and with being on ABC, there's got to be some numbers that suggest that the Stanley cup finals, at least from here on out have got to go up. Um, unless you get dudes that are, I mean, I'm going to throw them out like Evan, who is only going to watch like baseball ever. Um, right. But right. uh so that's not a knock on Evan. That's just, that's, nah. that's what Evan, he is. Yes. That's who he is. It's what he enjoys. So um, as of the time of recording, again, we're recording a little bit earlier uh, in the week. So this will come out Friday. Um, we are recording before game four Wednesday. So um, game two on Saturday, uh, the second game in Colorado, an yeah. absolute bloodbath. I heard somebody, I think it was actually PFT on pardon may take. He called it a, this is not a knock on you, uh, Ryan. He called it a Browns Jaguar score of seven to zero uh, in, in a hockey game. That's um, funny. So uh, it That's was hilarious. Funny. It was it was really. I chuckled a little bit too. It was really funny. Um, but the Avs just blew the doors off of uh, off of the Lightning, um, and I never once thought like David has our, our shout out, Dave. He's got a, He's got a um, huge shout out, Dave. Uh, he's got a kind of system that he's been doing with these Stanley Cups. He says you can't lose the Avs and the over. So he thinks the Avs are always going to score, and they're all always going to give up goals. Now, I even said before the Stanley Cup started that this West Coast style of play that we've seen with Edmonton, that we've seen with uh, the Avalanche, is kind of open. They play so fast that sometimes you leave defensive holes where, like, uh, the lightning and the Eastern 
uh, East Coast style of play has been a little bit more slower defensive playing back. And that's kind of what we saw uh, in game three was, and, and I think there was a multitude of, th- I saw it immediately. Like I flipped on game three, I was watching first game in Tampa Bay and I should have known I took the abs because that's where my heart heart's at right now. Um, but I should have known that the lightning were going to come out on fire uh, because I've said it all the time. You can't fake desperation. The lightning now have to hold home ice uh, and they just looked faster. They looked like they started playing with that same pace and they know they have the better goaltender. So even though I think his name is Zav- Zavaleski uh, for the, um, for the lightning, uh, even though he was kind of left on an Island at points, he's a much better goalkeeper uh, goaltender. I don't know. Net guy. I think goalkeeper you just use for soccer. Yeah. Um, than uh, than the two guys Colorado has. So they started playing with that same kind of pace and it didn't feel like the holes were there as much. Now I think Colorado got on the board first. That goal was overturned. They then actually scored the first goal. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is Colorado. They're going to start pouring it on him again. No, 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 no. Lightning come down. Boom. Score lightning come down. Boom. Score. It's two, one immediately. Okay. And then we get into the second period, lightning score again, three, one. And, and it just kind of spiraled after that, um, where the lightning ended up taking game three, uh, six to two. Um, and there is a little bit of like this, uh, if you're going to run the score up on us, we're going to run the score up on you, uh, kind of thing. I like that. I I do like it as well. Like, I I like how the lightning kind of, I got to respect it, how the lightning kind of poured it on him a little bit, knowing, like, hey, if you're going to, you know, do this to us, then we're going to do it to you. Now, I, I think it's also just safe for these teams. Like, if I was playing Colorado, I would want to pour four to five goals in and make sure that every lead was safe. Um, and if you're Colorado, I would think, like, these are the two times Stanley Cup defending champions. Like, we want to make sure we get a very comfortable lead and don't just sit back. And, and we've seen in a multitude of sports where we start to play safe, uh, that's usually when you get into a little bit of danger um, because you're playing more passive uh, and can kind of get out of position. So uh, game four will be tonight. Second game in um, or tonight as we record Wednesday um, in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Ryan. I'm on Colorado again. My heart will not allow me to not do it. I do think 100 percent Colorado is the better team. I just do. I agree for what. I know about hockey. Yeah. Not much for the bit you watched on Saturday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you see this a lot of times in series, you know, the team that comes is down. Oh, two, they come out really hard in game three Mm -hmm. in the form of desperation basically, basically, because if you're down three, Oh, you're it's, I don't want to say impossible to come back, but the, the odds are in your favor compared to being down two one. So, Mm -hmm. but I think you're going to see, Colorado come out I don't want to say with like urgency because they're up but they're not just going to let them run them out of the uh, building because they don't want to they don't want to go back to uh, Colorado tied up no I I think you're 100% right right I do like if I'm Colorado right now I'm sitting here thinking if they tie this up we're we're in kind of danger like we got to get a 3-1 lead in this series and go home and try to take care of it there um and kind of sell out for this game tonight uh so um when this comes out again, as always, the disclaimer could sound like dummies uh, more me than you uh, because I'm the one kind of putting it all out there, but I have Colorado. I'll probably be heartbroken, whatever. Don't care. I have the future and I have them regular, so I can't not root for them. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it's been fun. I mean, I, I've, I knew I, it was really exciting to see. And, and now that I've watched a lot of the, like this playoff hockey stuff, like I'm telling you, when when I could immediately see the lightning coming out with a faster pace, it was like, right. oh shoot! Like they're gonna try to go haymaker for haymaker, and they were able to do it. And I guess that's what you get with like veterans that have been there before, like Stamkos and those guys that know, hey, we have the better goalkeeper. We can kind of put him out there, and he's gonna make saves for us and be more aggressive because if they're gonna come after like that at us, we gotta mm-hmm. be able to hang with them. Um, like we're not playing the Rangers anymore where we can get a goal or two and then sit back. Um, now I, I, I gore the, the goalkeeper for the Rangers didn't usually let them get to, to two or three, but, um, 
that's how they were able to. And I think they're just adjusting. Like they're, we, we, I, I really want to see how Colorado adjusts tonight. Do they play more passive style? I, I wouldn't expect it. I think you do what brought you to the dance kind of thing. Right. Um, but there's got to be this chess match of, hey, we just, we just kind of got shell shocked and now we got to go back and figure it out. So, um, I'm, I'm excited if you can't tell. I'm a little excited. Oh, I, no, I, I got you. As you very well should be. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else about that, but uh, there'll probably be two, maybe three games uh, by uh, the time that this comes out. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the Avalanche are going to win game four with what little I know about hockey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened. The Lightning yep. could very well have come out and play the same way as it did in game three. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. All right, Ryan. So uh, the other big thing that's happening this week, um, and it is – does it feel – I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm more conditioned for the, the NFL draft being, like, so far past after the season's over mm-hmm. um, that the NBA draft happening this Thursday kind of creeps on you. Um I almost forgot until I saw someone say that like <laughs> yeah. the other day. Yeah. But then, then I also remember, um, I also remember that like they do like summer league stuff. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to get these dudes into systems now and basketball right. is so much different that like the teams are so much smaller right? and the pool of guys you can pull from is so much bigger in college um, that you don't really like, and there's only two rounds. That's the thing that blows my mind. It's it's one night, two rounds, and, and second rounders don't have a guaranteed contract. So yeah, so they're they kind of. I don't want to say it's it's not easier for them to make like an uh, NBA GMs and, and scouts to make like these right. picks or like these uh, what's the word I'm looking for like I don't know scouting reports I guess is a good yeah. term to use, mm-hmm. but like you kind of know who are the dudes out there in the nation, and if you land on like a uh, a lucky, you know, you land on a Curry who I don't even think – I mean, he was a David, he was a dog at Davidson. Mm-hmm. That's not even like a lucky thing. Um, you also have international dudes that come into the fold as well. So, Ryan, right. where do you want to start at with the NBA, NBA draft? Well, uh, you mentioned you want to talk about like the top ten prospects or who, who is probably going to go in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the top three is really easy because we can probably guess – who's going one, two, and three, and maybe one through five, honestly, mm-hmm. but it's good between Jabari. It's between, I think it comes down to Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren for who's going to go number one. I don't see Paolo Banchero going first. I, I think he'll be third, mm-hmm. you, you know, but it's either Smith or Holmgren or Holmgren. Yeah. Now, now I have, a, I have a philosophical question for you. And I, I, I want to talk about these dudes in depth because, and now, Remind me, the Magic have the Magic have the first pick. Goes Magic Rockets, Magic OKC, then Rockets, then Rockets, Magic OKC Rockets. That's right. Um, in the NFL, and again, I hate comparing the two because they're so completely right. different. But in the NFL, you kind of draft for need, right? Unless you're right. like, uh, I'm going to bring up a team like the Bengals, who didn't need to draft Jamar Chase, but he's the best no. talent there, so you grab him. But in reality, 90 to 95% of the time, NFL teams are drafting for, for need. Do you think Correct. in the NBA and especially today's NBA teams do that or it's all about the talent? Depends. It, that'll, that's a great question, honestly. Mm-hmm. It depends where, you, where you're picking and kind of like how you were the year before because maybe a team like the Warriors, you know, if they even keep their first-round pick, they're probably just going to take the best player available. They're not, they're not too worried about drafting an, another shooter, per se, mm-hmm. as opposed to a team like Orlando. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Ryan, <laughs> yeah, Ryan's yawning, just like the most massive yawn I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, <laughs> anyway go on. Anyway, or maybe a team like Orlando that has, hasn't really been – they've been struggling to find an identity since they traded Dwight. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, they made the playoffs two years in a row. I mean, one was the bubble, but, you know, but they were like a seven and eight seed, but they've kind of just had some really good scrappy young guys. They just haven't had that guy sort of thing since, since Dwight. Yeah. So 
they definitely need to take the best guy no matter no matter what sort of thing yeah the, the only the only pushback i'm going to give you about now i'm i want to talk about the three dudes in depth because mm-hmm. i think that's going to lead us to and kind of lead my brain where i think these guys should go so Let's start with Jabari Smith because I watched a lot of Auburn games. Auburn was on TV a lot this, say, this yeah. winter. I watched a the ton of Auburn. Yeah, yeah. How many times did I text you Auburn is good until they like actually weren't? They were like at the end of the year, they just kind of fell oh, apart. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, Auburn was a really, really good team this year. Their guard play that they had, their point guards were just not very good at like Jabari bailed them out a lot, which I think is why Jabari gets a lot of like and a lot of very like notable and worthy credit. Um, because to his ability, he had guys that couldn't really facilitate the ball well or spread the floor as well. Right. And he got the attention and still was able to play as a uh, – I think he's a 3-4. I think he's more of a 4 dude. Um, he's a little bit bigger, a little bit yeah. thicker. Um, he seemed pretty athletic from the highlights I've watched and when yeah, I watched him. But he can play down the low block. He can get those uh-huh. mid, mid-range shots, and, and he can go up and get rebounds and stuff like that too. Yeah, he just has a um, power forward. Yes, exactly. Yeah. how tall he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess 6'7", six, 6'8", uh, between those two. 6'10". Damn. Um, but I, I was very impressed with him. He was awesome. And, and he – I, I – didn't really realize until they started losing like SEC games regularly, like, oh shoot, that is like their guy. Like he is the guy that does everything for them. Um, and so I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the magic shouldn't take him first, but they have Franz Wagner, who they're really high on down there. And unless you're going to like move Franz, like I don't I don't know how those two work on the court together. They have uh, Scrug or Suggs. Scruggs. Yes, he was hurt for a fair amount of the year last year. So. Yeah, um, but I think he's going to be a really good point guard. I mean, he was awesome yeah. at Gonzaga, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I I wonder how they look at that fit. The I, I, why are you not as high on on Paulo? That's what I want to know. Oh, do you have reasons? I don't want to say I okay. I, did it sound like when I said I wasn't high on him? I I don't, don't want to say that. I okay. Just, from what I was watching, like I saw a report, I might have been from Woj that Orlando hasn't decided between uh, Jabari Smith and Chad Holmgren. Okay, so, so it's really every, everything those I've two. seen has those yes. two guys going one, two, and Paolo's just number three, which is why I think that's going to happen, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There were times that, and again, Duke was on t- TV a lot because of the Coach K retirement tour. Yeah, well, but, and they're Duke anyway. Yes, so. yeah. Um, were Paolo like? jumped out to me like big like there were times i was he's like six like ten as well yeah and, and he can play on the perimeter too mm-hmm, and he's got bounce to any he's, mm-hmm. he's speedy down court like he can fill the lanes really well um right. he like what is a monster i mean what there were times when i would watch you can i'd be like that guy is the best player in the nation and it's not even close um right and then there were other times i was like he just kind of goes cold and he just kind of is like not there, but it, those were very few and far between. Like it, it right. I mean, he had, he's a freshman. Like, you know, yes. he has those moments. Sort exactly. Of and, and we're talking about kids, be nice to the kids. They're only kids, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, there are kids that are about to make millions and probably already have made millions off NIL. So whatever, don't care. Um, so uh, I, I guess the way that I phrased it, maybe I'm projecting it onto you, Ryan. Because mm-hmm. I do like Paulo, I just I want to see Paulo in an NBA style team where he's got more around him. Where like do those things consistently still happen? Where he kind of falls off in the middle of games or at times. You know what I mean? Because Duke doesn't lack talent. It's not like right, it's, right. it's not like at a place like Auburn where Jabari was the guy and everybody knew he was the guy. Right. Um, Auburn for not being a traditional basketball school they've really put some dudes into the league recently like with mm-hmm. you know isaac okora was a top five pick in 2020 sort of thing yeah and, and he's compete- a little smaller than jabari smith but he's like a freakishly athletic dude mm-hmm. great defender so when i watch jabari smith I see a lot of like him attacking the basket sort of thing i'm just like man that's a, a okora was a lot like that at auburn yes and and they they're recruiting like a lot against Alabama, who does recruit well at basketball as well. Arkansas, who's got Eric Musselman, and they got they got things rolling there. I think Bruce Pearl's a good coach. I know that there's a lot of like 
Bruce Pearl kind of like, you know, ethic things that have followed yeah. him throughout his life. Yeah, it's, um, he's been, he, at Tennessee and Auburn, he's been accused, well, caught cheating sort of yes. thing. Uh, so like his ethics aren't always there, but I think that he's a good basketball coach. Like there's a reason he went from Tennessee to Auburn, uh, or to, he's been at Tennessee and Auburn, right. two really like really good basketball schools. Um, or I guess division Auburn wasn't that fantastic till he showed up. Um, right. So, uh, Ryan, what, what, uh, horizon league team did he coach for? Bruce Pearl. Yeah. He, oh, he coached in the horizon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to test you right here. I don't know if you know this one. UIC. That's just a guess off the top of my head. No. Isn't it, uh, isn't Milwaukee in the Horizon League? Oh, he coached in Milwaukee? Yeah. That's Didn't how I he got that. his, like, Yes, first... and they are in the Horizon League. Yes, yes, that's how he got his, like, first start. He coached at Milwaukee. Yes. Anyway. That's cool, yeah. That, that's a tangent I, I went off on. I, I'm Like how Saban I... started at Toledo. Exactly. I'm, I'm a Bruce Pearl guy. Like, I know he's, like, I think I love his energy and I love everything about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this has just become a, a Bruce Pearl podcast, but, um, <laughs> but – Back to my original statement of, like, again, Paulo, I think he's going to be a good pro. I mm-hmm. think he could be a great pro. I don't know, like, w- or is he going to have those times where he just kind of falls off? Right. And I think what- you're seeing more now. You, you don't see, like, these ginormous busts anymore just based on how players train in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Lots of times a guy is considered a bust, bust if he just can't stay healthy. Like yeah. a Jabari Parker, uh, Marvin Bagley sort mm-hmm. of thing. Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. I mean, he's the last one who I think was a real bust, but he wasn't put in the best – it wasn't the best situation. He wasn't – he shouldn't have been taken number one. No. And <laughs> he would – just if we, want, if we want to go back to that, the only reason he – if you remember, Nerlens Noel was kind of a surefire number one overall pick, but he was mm-hmm. coming off a torn ACL. Yeah. And I think that had a lot to do with nobody knew where he was going to go. Because mm-hmm. if Noel was healthy, I bet you the Cavs would have taken him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, well, there, there's a lot. You don't see like these all time busts as much as you used to, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't know how he fits in. Again, I think he'll be good, but, you know, we'll see. And and the last guy we got to get to of those top three dudes, and I, re- I really want to hear your thoughts on Chet. I do. I think Chet's a good player. He Obviously, he's a really good player. He's a lot like – I'm not calling him KD, but he has a very similar figure and build. He's mm-hmm. very thin, mm-hmm. obviously. Like, it's going to be interesting. Is he going to be able to bulk up? And if his – if how his body's going to last during an 82 game season being that having that slender of a frame sort of thing mm-hmm. is he going to get pushed around or you know will he have issues staying healthy just i i don't know i'm just kind of throwing it out there no no yeah, i think right. he's going to be a really good player whether it's yeah. in orlando or okc i mean i think okc would be a great fit for him too just because they have a lot of uh, some of good young pieces there mm-hmm. And um, I think are closer to competing than the Magic are. Now, in my opinion, yes, Ryan, I'm I'm gonna right hand up. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. I did not watch a single OKC game this year. I don't even know okay. if they were ever on TV. Um, who's that guy they have that's a dude? The point guard, Jay Gildress Alexander. Yeah, isn't he a dog? Yes, he is. And so they were in the playoffs just the year or in 2020. Obviously. They still have some dudes, and they got a, a ton of draft picks. Was that the Chris? Was Chris Paul still there though? The last in the middle playoffs, yes. Yes, yeah. So that, well, yeah. he he does that with everybody he goes to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah. So say I, I think the fit with okay. So I think Chet there is a really good fit as well in OKC. Mm-hmm. I think Chet's going to be awesome. I I, I watched that guy. I watched so many Gonzaga games now. When these playing the question is, has Gonzaga actually put out a really good player into the league? I'm just trying to think. Um, Did you know they had Suggs go like top five last year? Yes, and, um, and the jury's out on him, so we don't know. They had that dude for the Wizards, the uh, Japanese guy whose name I cannot pronounce. He's from Gonzaga, I thought. No idea. No idea. They had, what's his name, uh, Morrison, like yeah, way back in the day? he was a huge flop. 
Yeah, you know, he got two rings with the Lakers. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, no, I don't know if they've put like a mega star in yet. Uh, but they, I mean, Chet was their first like number one overall recruit they've ever got. So like, mm-hmm. oh, and absolutely. We, and we kind of throw that around like, uh, but Gonzaga is uh, say what you will, Gonzaga kind of has it easy. Like they do. They do. They they do. have it really easy to. I mean, they can just dog walk everybody in their conference. Um, uh, I yeah. think that they're the don't tell me. Uh, what conference are they in? The big. I don't think it's Big Sky. W uh, W W C, the WCC. West WCC. I almost said WCW, which is wrestling, right. um, uh, and I knew that wasn't right. WCC, West Coast Conference. Um, so like, and, and I'm I'm gonna stick up for the West Coast Conference right now. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. I love San Francisco. I thought they were awesome. I, it's a crime they didn't get past the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't get out because I think they were a force. I think they were a 12 seed or a thir- 13 seed. In they the, lost to Murray, Murray State. State. Yeah, yeah okay. they lost to Murray State. But I was big on San Francisco this year. And obviously St. Mary's. I like St. Mary's too. But well, the rest of the, yeah, they're good. Uh, the rest of the teams they play, like the Pepperdines and, and the – Oh, terrible. It's, it's not even close. It's not even close. So, no. like, was Chet – challenged regularly at gonzaga no no uh is do i still think he's going to be like a top top player a hundred percent i think he's the best player in this draft like i said so like i agree yeah so i think that orlando would be foolish to pass on chet but again it's all about that's why i started this whole discussion with do you think they draft more for need or best player because if you ask me to stack all three of those mm-hmm. dudes up right now, who's who's best to worst, I would go – I would honestly go Chet, then Paulo, then uh, Jabari. Um, if you were asking me who's the better fit in Orlando, I'd probably say if if they were between the, the two dudes you mentioned that Woj had talked about. Um, right. I would probably say take Jabari just because of the fit aspect. Uh, and then Chet, I think, fits better with the Rockets. Um, and uh, and w- what's up? So Houston's got the third pick. Yes, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they got Jalen Greed last year. With that pick, and they have a couple of nice young pieces along with uh, Green. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah, whoever I think Paolo would be a really good fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see Holmgren or Smith being there at three. So I just think Paolo is the most likely candidate to be yes. There. And I do think Paolo might fit better with with uh, Houston as well. So um, I think I actually said Rockets too again. That's where I screwed up. So yes, Thunder think chet's the better fit with the thunder i think orlando's foolish if they pass on him now the the like odd man out uh is um old buddy from purdue uh yeah. oh um jaden ivy jaden ivy thank you i know it I've, i'm just exhausted uh jaden ivy who i like jaden ivy jaden ivy is not a very is good he the shooter. one whose mom's the notre dame's women's coach yes 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 I think that's is. really cool that is really cool uh there's like there's like old, um, like, uh, what's it called? Videos of him, like, or pictures, pictures, you know, those, the videos that stand still, uh, pictures of him, like wearing his mom's Jersey from Notre Dame and stuff like that. So, um, I, my comp for what, I, from what I've seen from, from Ivy is mm. he is like, I, I said this to Al, he's like a diluted version of John ja Morant because he doesn't have the same pop Morant has. I think he's yes. bigger too than Morant. Yeah, and I think Morant's a better shooter. Ivy is not that good of a perimeter shooter, but he's a very good drive, get fouls, finish at the hole kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. You you just I worry about putting him on a team now. Who's got the fourth pick? Remind me. Um, Sacramento. Sacramento. So Sacramento. It, is, it is a you know I feel bad for whoever has to has to go out there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't 
like when I look at when I look at Ivy, I I don't know if the fits there because don't they have a they have Buddy Heald or did, they traded Buddy Heald. they traded Buddy Heald with um, mm-hmm. uh, Halliburton to you know, Indiana. You remember who they're so is Halliburton a point guard? Yeah, they have so, uh, Sabonis who's a power forward. Yeah, so and they uh, have De'Aaron Fox too. De'Aaron but, Fox uh, is the one. So De'Aaron Fox, the fact that De'Aaron Fox is a very like uh like ball dominant. Mm-hmm. guard and so is one of the Ivy. few players who they've actually hit on like, yes in their the past like 15 years in the first round yeah and and so i don't know if that mixes well together mm-hmm. as well uh with, i just with, feel like sacramento's just gonna screw it up like they always do probably probably um yeah so ivy's the other one that like people are now up in the air if he'll actually go for or not i do think right. he's a great athlete i think he was awesome at purdue he was um, yeah but I, I just – he's got to work on the shooting aspect. He was so inconsistent right. with shooting deep that if he's going to play off ball, he's got to be able to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, – Play in the league, you have to be able to shoot or play defense. Yes, exactly. Um, do you have anything else for the NBA draft that you want to hit on? Um, Who do you think I'm the Cavs very take? interested uh, – that's going to be interesting because I, I don't know because I saw this earlier in the week that the Cavs are interested in trading down from the 14th pick uh, and acquiring just some more draft capital like in the mm-hmm. second round or something. Now, yeah. I don't know if – you know how with the NFL draft, usually everything you hear two weeks up until the draft is usually BS. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's just BS because we're at that time of the year. If, the cat, if they have a – I mean, obviously, we'll see what they do. They'll definitely, I think the Cavs, they'll definitely be drafting for a need, in, yes. my, in my opinion. And they need a wing. They need somebody who can shoot and, and someone else who can play defense. Mm-hmm. And in this Bleach Report mock draft, uh, let me just get it back up. They're getting a guy from Kansas who I can't pronounce his name, so that's why I need to look him up. Um, he's a shooting guard, small forward, Oche Ag- Agbaj. Okay. No you know, idea. That, okay, I probably coming, butchered his name. But if he's but, coming from Kansas, he's got to be so, he's got to right. be solid. And he did say before, like the draft or a couple months ago after season, that the team where he wanted to go, he wanted to go to the Cavs. He said, "Oh, okay. So, I guess it fits well. It's a match yeah. made in heaven, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. And I'm also interested to see Ohio State's going to have two first round picks. I'm interested mm-hmm. to see it's going to be Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell. I think mm-hmm. Branham will, will definitely be first off the board. But I'm wondering where, like, where and when he'll go. Same with EJ Liddell. Liddell, I can see him going in a wide variety of. I highly doubt top ten. I've seen Stranger Things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see him going low teens to like mid twenties, sort of thing. In this Bleacher Report draft, I have him going to Milwaukee for 24th pick, which I actually think would be a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else with the draft? No, I, I think we got it covered. Yeah, I kind of real interested to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I think the big three are the are the are the ones, and, and the NBA draft is so tough because like we can it talk is. about these first round picks, and and it could turn out that all three of those top dudes suck, and yeah. they're like not that great, and then the guy taking like 14th overall is the actual stud from the draft, like, a, like kind of like a Donovan Mitchell sort of thing. Who 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 yeah. has seen him uh, being like as good of a player as he is? Yeah, so you never really know, but I guess that you know, or how in 2017 it was. Markel Fultz versus Lonzo Ball, who's the better prospect? And it's Jason Tatum, who, like, no yeah. one was talking about. Yes. Like, how Boston made the trade with Philly. No, Everybody thought Boston was going to take Markel Fultz when, in reality, Boston knew Jason Tatum was their guy the whole time. And basically, I don't want to say tricked them, but they traded back with Philly knowing that they were still going to get Tatum. Yeah. Like, yeah. A little gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it should be interesting to see. Uh, Ryan, what do you say we take a quick break real quick, come back, and we'll have like a mixed bag of uh, all different sports? Yes, I have a very good baseball topic that I will. I'm not going to yes. spoil it now. No, we're good. I, I got some baseball talk, too, that I want to get into. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break and come back. All righty. Hey there, everyone. Well, me and Ryan are taking a quick break. Remember to go into whatever app you're, you're using, whether it be Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for us. Um, download the episode. Uh, give us a rate. Give us a review. It really does help with the show, and we really do appreciate it, uh, and it goes a long way. 
um, for both of us. So please remember to subscribe, uh, and here we come back to the show. All right, Ryan. So let's get into a little bit of baseball. I'm excited about your baseball topic, but we're going to go over mine first uh, because I'm really excited to talk about this. Now, on the last show and in a couple of shows, a lot of shows, because I'm weirdly obsessed with them because I dislike them so much. I've been weirdly following the Yankees a lot. Now, the Yankees have won me a fair amount of money because they just don't lose. Um And so I want to kind of deep dive a little bit as I was looking more at how good they really are. So um, the New York Yankees, the fastest team to hit 50 wins this season. And they're one of the fastest teams to hit 50 wins, like in the history of Major League Baseball. The last time we saw it, I think so. They reached 60 wins in or 50 wins in 67 games. The last time we've seen anything like this were the Seattle Mariners in 2001, I believe, when it took them 64 mm-hmm. games to get to 50 wins. And they ended up finishing the season with 116 total wins, which is the record for Major League Baseball in a season. Now, if I was to ask you, Ryan, what do you think the number one or the biggest reason for the Yankees being able to be as good this year are? Their offense, I, I would say. A hundred percent their offense. So I'm going to get into the numbers a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's three major statistical categories that the Yankees lead in this year. Obviously overall record is the first one. Okay. Your record is, I would say a major, a major uh, thing to lead it. The run differential, they're plus 145 in run differential this year. The next closest team right. is the Dodgers at plus 114. So they're over uh, like, 30 more points on run differential than the Dodgers. Okay. The second one is home runs. They've hit 111 home runs this year. The next closest team are the uh, Braves. Now there's a couple things that go into it. I am going to use the excuse of the fact that besides great American ballpark, like the Yankee stadium is the easiest place to hit home runs. And that's where they play yes. their home games. Um, but when we look at, and I'm getting all this stuff from ESPN. This is not off the top of my head. All of these stats come from ESPN. I wish I could credit the person that actually wrote the article, but they don't have it. Um, mm-hmm. There are four, one, two, four dudes on the Yankees right now that are on pace to hit over 30 home runs this year. I bet you can guess probably all of them. Well, Judge Stanton. Yes, yes. Glaber Torres? Glaber Torres. And then this last one's probably a little trick. Rizzo. 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 Absolutely. So those are the three ones. Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, and Torres are the ones that are on pace to hit 30 or more home runs this year. Obviously, Judge leads the way with 25. We haven't seen a Yankee hit this many home runs uh, this early uh, through 60 games since Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. That's really good uh, that company crazy. to be in. Crazy company. Yes. Um. And both of them had hit 27 by 60 games. Okay. Now, obviously that's insane. And the offensive numbers tell us why they're, they're like amazingly good. Um, Pitching wise. Now I have gone on record and have dogged Garrett Cole. Yes. Now (laughs) I'm still going to say this. He is either. And we talk about like, we, we bring up the I words and I don't know if we've taught the guardians. Sorry. My bad. I don't know if on the show, uh, like we've talked about how either feast or famine, the, the guardians pitching staff has been um, as well as they're hitting like mm-hmm. they're they're They have a couple guys that like are either lights out or it kind of falls off the rails. Um, yeah. Garrett Cole is kind of that guy. Like Garrett Cole is either going to give up three home runs in a row, or he's going to throw an almost no hitter through like eight or nine innings. Um now, the reason I bring this up is, is the pitching and the defense for New York is just as good. Right now, they have a league-leading combined ERA of 2.78 from their normal rotation starters. Um, and their third in fielding percentage right now uh, as it stacks up with the rest of the league. Um, 
the next closest team record-wise in the league, do you know who it is? Guardians? Not the Guardians. It is the uh, Mets. So both New York two teams. Best team, two best records in baseball. Two best records in baseball right now are in New York. Um, and even with that, as of the writing of this uh, article yesterday, the Mets were, I believe, eight and a half games behind the Yankees still. So that's kind of substantial when we're talking about baseball. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to give the numbers behind it because what we're seeing from them, it just doesn't seem like they lose. And when they lose, it's by like one run, and then they go on like a five to six game win streak again. Um, and so yeah. <laughs> I know we're going to get into more baseball next week, and this was almost something that I couldn't wait on talking about next week. I wanted to bring it up now um, because of how dominating they've been. So, Ryan. Anything to add or you want to get into your topic? Uh, I'll get into my topic since we were Mm -hmm. talking about the Yankees. Okay. So so Manny Ramirez the other day Mm -hmm. was on the Red Sox broadcast because I'm trying to think of what, why he was back. Because him and David Ortiz and him both throughout the first pitch. I'm trying to think, I guess this is the 15th anniversary of the 2007 World Series. I don't Mm -hmm. think that was why they were there. Anyways, they started talking about Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. And Manny said something that I really liked and I agreed with. He said if Derek Jeter would have played for Kansas City his entire career, he would just be another guy. Yeah. I 110% agree with that. I think Jeter is one of the most overrated players. I don't want to say in MLB history, but just of his generation. Was he a good player? Yes. Is he as good as everybody says he is? No. It's just because he played in New York. Mm-hmm. Like he don't get me wrong, he's a fine ball player. He put up good numbers. I did not agree with him being getting a hundred percent of the vote. Or everyone, yeah. after, oh Jeter, like yeah. you know, first ballot, like look, great player, but he was not as good as everybody said he was. Like yeah. yes, he's a good looking guy who dated a lot of good good looking women, but that has nothing to do with being a your skills on the field. Just mm-hmm. my two cents about Jeter. I, I want to see if you want to chime in on that. Yeah, so I saw that same quote too, um, and I kind of do have to agree with it as well. Um, I do think Jeter was in – I'm going to give him a little <laughs> bit more credit than you do. I think he was an above-average player. Um, but no, look, he was a good player. Like He put up good numbers, but mm-hmm. he was just not this elite. He's not as great as what we say he was. He's not like – everybody act like he was just great. Like He wasn't as good defensively as you thought he was. I mean, yeah. yes, he did have some big – moments in the playoffs because he was on some really good teams I, I i wouldn't call him the best player on those teams sort of thing he may have been since he was the captain he might have been the leader but he wasn't like he wasn't the best he was the most important yes okay yes. so i can agree with that as well um i think the longevity plays into it i think you mm-hmm. have to bring no, that I up agree with that. um so his longevity of play i think is huge uh i i think he was a Great. Can I say this? Can you agree with this? Great, not like all struck amazing shortstop. Yes. Okay. But I, I do tend to agree with you that guys in big markets tend to get more of a nod than guys in small markets. Yes. Like imagine if uh, I'm going to use this example. What if Joey Votto was a Met his whole career? Yeah. Or yeah. what? Or or a or Dodger? Even a Yankee sort of yeah. thing. I'm just or trying to think of anybody. A not, Dodger. Yeah, yeah, not a Yankee. Like any like any of those other like huge market teams. Like like Votto would go down as one of the, and he he still probably will go down as one of the greatest of all time. Right. Um, right. Again, I, I think it's partially and, why people talk so highly of Mike Trout. Not just be Mike Trout is the real deal, but the Angels have stunk for just about all his career, mm-hmm. but he's in a big market sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So you, they talk about him no matter what, as opposed to if he were playing in Kansas city. Well, and I think baseball is the only one that does that. It does that too, because mm-hmm. look at, okay, who are our, if you had to off the top of your head, give me the top three NFL names right now, who would they be? Top three mega stars in the NFL. That's a lot harder than you think. Um, man. 
Bray, well, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Obviously. Okay, he's in Tampa I'm trying Bay. To think, is it all just quarterbacks or is it? It well, probably would oh, be three. The first thing Brady, to... Mahomes, and yeah. probably either Joe Burr or Josh Allen. I would. I was going to say Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justin Herbert gets a lot, but again, that's the LA thing. And I think yeah. that people are just kind of all over him because of that. Uh, I mean, he is a good talent, but I, I will go on record saying I don't think he's better than Burrow. I think that Burrow has like the Burrow does not have as much talent. Burrow's got more dog in him. And I think that that matters more um, in the NFL, but those are the three I was thinking of. Okay. Mahomes, I think is one over Brady right now. Cause I think Brady's just like the longevity uh, you could throw Aaron Rodgers in there. Can we throw Rodgers in there as well? So let's oh, use those. How do we not think of Rodgers? Let's oh, use those. Man. Let's use those four yeah. guys. Okay. Yes. Tampa Bay, I wouldn't say is a big market. I say it's no. like a, it's a, a medium level teeters on big market. Kansas City, not a big market. No. Buffalo, not a big market. Green Bay, not a big market. So I, I would I, say for at least Buffalo, Kansas City, and Green Bay, those are huge football markets. Okay. Okay. I, just I like just, they got big fan base sort of things, just stuff like that. But it, still, it's not like mm-hmm. they're not in the same stratosphere as, as LA with the Rams and Chargers or right. the or New York with the Giants and Jets. It's so weird. You know, Buffalo is the only NFL team that actually plays in the state of New York. Yes, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't I, since like, you brought up New York, I wanted to mention. Yes. That, oh so. no. Yeah, you're 100 right. So like, I, I, I'm going to tie this back to Jeter in a second. I do think it's funny how we put these dudes in baseball on such these high pedestals when they pay for these massive markets, mm-hmm. and it's really the only sport we do that in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So to sum it up, I completely agree with you, and I kind. Kind of completely agree with I think it's because guys. baseball does a terrible job of marketing their players. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, like, there are some really good players who maybe play in smaller markets and who just don't get enough attention. Like, yeah, maybe I don't want to call Cleveland a small, yeah, yeah, Cleveland kind of is a small market when it comes to how much they're able to spend with the big boys. But, you know, you've got like Jose Ramirez who, yeah, is having a great season. Arguably one of the top 10, top five best players in the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just like, you, you, he doesn't get en- enough attention, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Because you just, they just want to talk about Trout and Otani, who mm-hmm. are stuck in the, with the Angels, sort of. Which, and I'm going to, I'm not, I'm actually going to use him in a positive light here. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, even though I'm going to use Cleveland again, mm-hmm. um, Watson, has the potential to be a megastar in yeah. Cleveland yeah. when he's actually playing and they're a small market NFL team. Like you don't hear about dudes always wanting to go to Cleveland. Like you just right. don't. You just know with Cleveland, they're a dysfunctional organization, but great football town. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the people will show up there to support, like to support mm-hmm. the Browns, no matter what. And they are, and when they are good, the, you know, it's, yeah. the, the fan base is going crazy sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Similarly, I don't want to – Pittsburgh's a little different because the Steelers have, have a better run of success than the Browns have the past mm-hmm. 20-something years. I mean, Pittsburgh may not be the most desirable place to go, but you know you're going to play for a great organization and, yes. a great, and great fans sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the, the, the success Pittsburgh's had – like, who would want to really go live in Boston, Massachusetts in the winter? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, like, the Patriots hold that – that that gravitas that name yeah. um bill Same Belichick. said about buffalo with, when they were so bad for all those years now that they finally found you know to win in the nfl you need a quarterback at least yes. quarterback until, until they finally got josh allen you're seeing guys like would von miller have signed with uh, buffalo five six seven years ago probably not no unless if he was just um chasing the money chasing the money because that's usually how you can get these guys to go there they sign these teams tend to overpay for a above average guy just to get him to come to, you know, yeah. play, play, play in their city sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the only way that they can attract them. Exactly. When you exactly. realize they're not as good because they were, weren't being doubled, you know, guys like Aaron Donald or TJ Watt were being double teamed and they just benefited off of that sort of yes. thing. Yeah. Um, 
so yes, I agree with you. And I agree with Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little too. bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the NFL, and you had brought this up, and I do want to talk about it a little bit. So uh, today, I believe, was the first day that Roger Goodell uh, – mm-hmm. Testifying in front of Congress. Now, can you, yeah, fill me in on the details. Okay. So, Washington has been under fire for the past two years or being investigated for toxic work, for a toxic workplace environment, especially for uh, the women who work there, especially Mm because it's a lot of sexual harassment and um, even uh, a sexual assault in some cases because Mm -hmm. of a former employee just the other day. Uh, has accused Daniel Snyder of assaulting and harassing her back in 2009. Yeah, the owner of the commanders. Yes. And Daniel Snyder is, was conveniently out of the country today. So he couldn't make the, uh, he, yeah. he couldn't testify. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been uh, supposed, if I said that word right, uh, he's been su- subpoenaed. Subpoenaed. Thank you. I there you go. couldn't think how to pronounce it. Gotcha. Congress has, so that means he has to get a history teacher. He has to appear in front of Congress. Yes, he has right? to. Yes, yes. Which, and he has been accused, it sounded like, of, let me pull up the story so I can know uh, what he, he actually was. He had his own investigation, and basically it was, they called it like, I think it was a shadow investigation. Um, yeah, his, basically, yeah, he he hired his own private investigator, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically just to deny, de- deny everything. So mm-hmm. almost... From what I read, it was almost like to tell people there's nothing there's nothing wrong here, mm-hmm. and, and he's been accused of tampering within his own investigation. I know some of the um, women, like some of his, their accusers, have accused the NFL of withholding information. Mm-hmm. And now Roger Roger Goodell said that you know he's trying to insist that there's nothing wrong, and even though all the evidence says otherwise, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we talked about, Goodell can't get out of his own way when it comes to these sort of situations just because he does an awful job of handling it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he made some remark about how he can't force Daniel Snyder to, to sell the team, which is actually baloney because he can. Yes. But he's, he's always going to go to bat for the owners because mm-hmm. well, they pay him mm-hmm. and he makes them a lot of money. Yeah, I think with, with Goodell, who's like the most – blubbering doofus that's ever lived would you call him a good commissioner no no i would not i don't think he handles situations well mm-hmm. i don't I think that i think like, it's because football is so popular that, that kind of bails him out sort of thing i think i think he gets scared that people are going to think negatively about the decisions he's going to make but people are more upset when he takes a super long time to make those decisions and then like makes with, the wrong yeah. decision you know what Not i mean like with you could argue that's going on with Deshaun Watson because they've been dragging their feet with just trying to announce what his punishment's going to be, mm-hmm. which is going to come next week is what it sounds like. So we'll yeah. discuss more of that uh, probably on next week's show. But yeah. as I, as I, I don't know if I took, no, I didn't tell you this earlier. I was talking to my brother because mm-hmm. I saw someone say this, the NFLPA, they are licking their chops right now, watching it, right, watching Goodell um, mm-hmm. testify in front of Congress because they're going to use all of this in support of Watson because they're going to say, how can you not do anything to Daniel Snyder or mm-hmm. Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft? And then you're going to lay down the hammer on Deshaun. Yes. Thing. Yeah. And according to the personal conduct policy, which was put into place in 2020, mm-hmm. it states in there, and I saw this, I don't know if you knew this, it says owners are to be held to a higher standard than the players are. Mm-hmm. I so, didn't know that. I didn't either, and, and that makes it real interesting, which is why I think this Watson situation, which is why I think more and more of a he is going to play this year, mm-hmm. why he, he's going to get an 8-10 to 10 game suspension or something like that yeah. is because they're going to say, whoa, 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 you guys have to follow your own rules. Where you have to, if you're not going to do anything to the owners, then why are you going to – you're not going to treat the players like this sort of thing. Yeah, I think – and this is, this is going to be my one thought about this, mm-hmm. honestly – because Daniel Snyder is by far, hands down, the sleaziest, worst yes. owner right now in the NFL. I mean, and not, like, even before all this came out, he still wasn't a good owner. No, he's se. no, their field is terrible. Their stadium yes. is terrible. He doesn't really care about the team being good. Mm-hmm. He just wants to make money. Like he is a, he and they, is have, a, they have one of like, I think they have the fifth highest grossing team. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to net worth, Washington is actually like one of the highest grossing teams in the league behind like 
the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, Patriots. Probably the L.A. teams. L.A., yeah, or, or Washington might even be yeah. behind them. Washington yeah. is like one of the richest teams when it comes to net worth in the league. He's just, is, yeah. Which he, is hard he, to believe when you just hear about how much of a sleazy guy he is. Yeah, you know? he's, he's an asshat, and I don't, I don't like to cuss a lot on the show, but he is. I mean, he is. He's, he's not a nice great – way to yeah, put it, yeah. Yeah, he's not a great owner. He's just terrible. Now – the only thing that I can think of of why the owners wouldn't want to get rid of them is because it is a good old boys club. It is money, as you're <laughs> as as you know you have said before. And I do think that a lot of these dudes have like, you know, skeletons in their own closet that if I guarantee you there are as terrible as this is to, as this is gonna sound, there are probably a fair amount of NFL organizations or even or in all sports that have had similar these issues going on just no one said like phoenix has had been accused the Suns have been acu- kind of having some toxic work environment as well sort of yes. thing so like just, I, I, I don't think, i can't think of any baseball examples but anyways but it's why the owners wouldn't want to wouldn't want to try to vote him out because then he can go on a on a you know you know burn sherman's ground march yeah on the rest of them and they and, and like Goodell nobody doesn't... wants to testify on, uh, in court, sort of thing yes. about this. They're they've probably covered up some. I don't know. I'm just you. You have to believe that they've probably. There's a lot of things that uh, they don't want the rest of the world to know that they've done or things that no. they've said, sort of thing. No. And as long as Goodell is working, I mean, his job is to represent the owners. Mm-hmm. As long as Snyder's an owner, he is going to stick up for him. For yes. better or for worse, it's like a lawyer that has to get for somebody that murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he's oh, yeah. got he's gotta do it. That's his job. So like and this is and this is why the NFLPA is gonna fight hard for Watson. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing. They're always gonna fight for the players because mm-hmm. that's their job. But yeah, they're gonna be like, we're not gonna let you're not just gonna give him a, a pass when he's been accused of some pretty similar things in it yep. for a long time. And as opposed to someone like Watson, who, yeah, cause he's a player, you, you know, you're not, you're not going to pick on the little guy sort of thing. Yes. Not to say about the players over a little guy, but the owners, you know, you, we can say that they have all the power and they can almost do what they want. It's a different pedestal. It's a different yes. pedestal. It mm-hmm. is. It is. So I think that's interesting. I want to see how this works out. Snyder is not going to sell the team on his own. No, he's going to have no. to be forced. And I don't Kinda know. Like if with the name change, because he said that he wasn't going to change the name under any circumstance. And then it slowly and slowly, he kind of got pressured into doing it sort yeah. of thing. So we'll have to see what, what this Congress like congressional ruling does mm-hmm. um, and how they handle it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting as well. And last thing I want to say about, Watson I don't think it's a coincidence that he settled j- just about all of his cases no no the NFL because you probably told they put out a statement saying that it had this has nothing to do with any potential punishment I'm like you can't expect people not to believe that like yeah I think no, it has it, I think they had a hand shook that says you know what Deshaun will lessen your punishment if you just settle all these cases because we'd rather you play with I think he has four cases left sort of mm-hmm. thing or yes that he hasn't settled for uh, apparently i think a couple of them don't want to settle they're going to try to fight we don't know how this is going to end but they're basically yeah. saying you know we can handle you playing with four civil cases as opposed to 24s sort of yeah thing. it's way different mm-hmm. it's way different um so yes i do think that there there is a reason he settled on all those mm-hmm. and i think he hit the nail on the head um so my last thing that I kind of want to get into is this, and I've been thinking a lot about it. It's kind of my take on the, the whole live tour thing. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you saw, but it was news Tuesday morning that Brooks Kepka, four-time major yep, champion. I saw that, yep. Yep, joining the live tour. And now it's been this big thing of all of these big-name champions joining the live tour going to do it. I want to preface what I'm about to say this way. And now these are my thoughts as the way I think about it. And I'm not defending the live tour. I'm not defending mm-hmm. the guys that are there. I'm not even really defending the PGA guys either. Cause I am more of a, I, I will admit I'm more of a PGA fan. I, I, I like their product. I like what they do. You know, all, I watched that first live event and I was like, this is weird. This is crazy. This, I, I think it's just, it's different. It's not what I'm used to with golf. 
but I, I do want to say this and, and, and Brooks is one of my favorite golfers. He's getting a lot of like scrutiny for saying, Oh, not, I don't think he ever said he wasn't ever going to join, but he kind of danced around the, like, he was like, why are you talking about this when we have the U S open coming up regardless? Yeah. The reason the live tour is being, I, again, my preface is this before I get into it. I, I totally forgot that I didn't say it. The Saudi government giving mm-hmm. money for this thing and it being quote unquote blood money. Like, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's good, but the Saudis are doing this. Like we've talked about on the show before Especially how their government treats yes, people and people women in uh, general, yeah. women, you know, uh, the gay LGBTQ community, yeah, anybody, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like the way that they treat people and, and what they do is very barbaric and it is, you know, not great. And yeah. Now that being said, this move for some of these golfers, a hundred percent makes sense, one hundred percent because the PGA so did this too, right? Not yes, to no, yeah, Mickelson, okay. DeChambeau, mm-hmm. um, like there's a handful of dudes that are all going over to this thing because the PGA, as of right now, does not give guaranteed contracts. Everything that you get is winning by purse of like the tournaments you play. Right. So the money you make is based on how good you do, which in theory makes sense. You want to have the best golf and you want guys competing to get that money. Right now, Mm -hmm. a lot of these dudes do get like these great sponsorships, which actually is where they bring in their real money. Um, Right. The live tour and through the Saudi government fund are giving these guys contracts for a certain amount of years that are giving them guaranteed money to golf let less events less holes no cuts and they still get a purse for when they win Mm -hmm. like if i'm sitting there as a golfer i'm thinking that is the safer option that's the safer choice is to take the guaranteed money you're playing less time you're like you can still get a lot of the competition aspect still there um i don't understand the team aspect of the live tour like even a little bit that doesn't make sense to me um but I'm not in a way I'm defending them, but I'm mm-hmm. not really. Does that make sense? I, I get where you're coming from sort of thing. Yeah. They're, they're basically just taking the money and like saying peace out sort of thing. Exactly. If you're a, if, if you are a, and I wouldn't even say older golfer, I think that any kind of golfer that is looking at that, like, and the PGA is starting to get it. They're starting to raise the purses on, on victories. And I think the PGA mm-hmm. at some point is going to be forced to, like give dudes contracts in some ways. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. how it would work out or or the way that it would yeah. go, but that's kind of where they are heading and what they're doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, really, I, I was thinking about that today and I was sitting there just like pondering it on my drives, like, you know, to and from football that, you know, if I was a major golfer, would I join the Live Tour? Probably not. I just probably wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I'm, I, I don't. It's almost but, like, is it worth the backlash sort of mm-hmm. thing? But at the same time, too, I have never been in that situation where somebody's going to pay me 200 million guaranteed dollars to play golf. So, right. like, I think it you depends on. You can see both sides of it, sort of. It thing. depends on the morals of it. It depends on what you want and, and what you're looking at and where in your career you are and all that kind of stuff. So, there you go. That's my take on the Live Tour and guys joining it. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add or put into that statement, uh, but I think you summed it up. Yeah. So, Ryan, anything else you have for the good of the cause? Yes, I meant to say this when we were talking about baseball. And mm-hmm. I want you to do this too, Mark. Okay. Get on MLB.com. Okay. And vote Jose Ramirez for uh, starting third baseman in the All Star game. Who's he up against? Rafael De- uh, Devers of the Red Sox, who's a good player. But he is not having the type of season as Jose, but Rafael Devers, good player. I mean, he plays in Boston, so obviously he's the bigger market sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You probably see him more. He gets more talked about nationally, but he is not having as good of a season as Jose, like I just mentioned. So mm-hmm. get out there and vote for him. Jose is much more deserving in starting the All-Star game than Rafael Devers. I will think about it. I will think about voting for him. Oh, thanks, Morgan. It's the least you can do. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh, you know how I feel about the Guardians in Cleveland. Oh, I know. So um, maybe I'll do it. I probably will. I'd have nothing to lose with it. Whatever. Shout out, Jose. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much again. Of course. Uh, thank you for everybody listening. Remember to rate, view, subscribe, do all those things. It really does help the show. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.